0: And so even in moments where Spanish was difficult or not the most fun thing in the world, it it pushed me through that because I was like, I want to know Spanish because that's part of who I
1: am. Hey everybody, welcome to our conversation today. Side note, just had a fourth little girl born to our family, Miriam Hope. So I am a little sleepy. If I'm not making sense, that's why. Also, Lito, my time for editing conversations has gone down a little bit at home. So we need to get all our ums out right now. So just give me thirty ums. All right, I can I can I can do that. So they're gone. Now we don't have to deal with any of them the rest of the conversation. I'm gonna save you so much work, Brian. I appreciate that. Lito, thanks so much for joining us today. Can we start with this? I've always been a little curious. When I went to email you about having this conversation originally, I typed in Lito uh, yes. and it didn't come up. And it said there was like a, a Gabriel <laughs> Wagenveld, And yeah. tell me a little bit about would you just start with your name?
0: Yeah, that's funny because you're not you're not the first person who's told me about that exact same story with, with the email within our within our building.
1: I didn't know there was a Gabriel on staff, honestly. I was like, Wait, <laughs> yeah. who's this?
0: Yeah, it's not something that that's advertised much by me. But um, <laughs> so yeah. Um gonna have to get into a little story time here but perfect so my dad grew up as a missionary kid to my grandpa so my grandpa and grandma went and learned spanish after they got married in costa rica and they did missions work in argentina for about 13 to 15 years i believe and my dad was one of their first kids so he grew up from maybe two years old in argentina Hmm. and he likes to say that english was his first language but spanish is his heart language hmm. so he he grew up with that latino influence he grew he grew up in a bilingual school um and then he came back to the u.s when he was about mid-high school 15 or 16 years old um so anyway all that ended up leading to him also becoming a missionary after he graduated from college he married my mom and they went to puerto rico together um and then my mom also became fluent in spanish and their time abroad there so they originally planned to go to Puerto Rico just for a year to plant a church, and they ended up staying there for seven. The name of the church mm. was Principe de Paz, Prince of Peace Church. And I was going to try to guess yeah. and interpret <laughs> it.
1: You ruined it. Is it Prince of Peace? Yeah, it's Prince of Peace. Okay. And um,
0: <laughs> my, my dad co-pastored with a Puerto Rican, and my mom had three of the four kids there. So mm. I was number two. And they give us all Spanish first and middle names. So, for example, my brother is Juan Cristian. Um, when I was born, I was named Gabriel Andres, or Gabriel, and Andres is is basically the Spanish version of Andrew. Um, but they'd call me Gabrielito. In Spanish, oh. adding the ito serves two purposes. The first is it's it's a diminutive, like it's it's sort of like Johnny Jr. almost, or or. Maybe calling the if, if a dad was named John, which ironically my dad is John, and he had a son, you might call the son Johnny, even though they named the kid yes, John or something yes, so like kinda that. so kind of like
1: a like a kind of a softer a yes.
0: nickname-ish to it to a child. Exactly. And the second thing is it's it's almost uh, used as a an endearing thing. Yes. So yeah. the word for papa, the word for dad in Spanish, is papá, but a child might call his dad papito, because it's oh. closer. It's closer. And so they call me Gabrielito, both because it's basically like calling something small, but it's also that endearing, that endearing term, oh, so they call me I Gabrielito Andres. But my brother, who was two years old when I was born, could only say Lito, 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 and that has stuck ever since. So I've always gone by Lito, I've never been called Gabriel, Gabe, I mean my, my mom would call me Gabrielito, you know, here and there throughout my years, but I've just always gone by Lito. And I I love it. I'm happy to like live with that. And I don't think I'd I definitely wouldn't want to go by Gabe. I'm I'm okay with people calling me Gabriel or Gabriel, I guess. But I just I feel like I am Lito. And it's just always been part of my life. And people always kinda give me a strange look when I say it, because here's this blonde white Dutch guy (laughs) who's going by the name Lito and they're like, Could could you repeat that? Or they ask me where that comes from. But I joke around with my brother that he gifted me with Uh a a natural icebreaker because immediately that question or that look, that questioning look leads into a conversation of my background and my family background. And that sets the conversation rolling and people get to know me. And then I can ask questions about the people through that as well. So that's been a, a secret blessing that my two my brother who was two when i was born had no idea
1: he was gifting to me. Oh my goodness. I love that, Lito. Man, i've called you that for going on 2 years and i didn't know the yeah. story behind yeah. it. Yeah. How cool is that? Okay, two questions. First, yeah. a simple one. If you add ito to any word, is it is it automatically make it kind of like this, this smaller?
0: Kind of, um generally, maybe you could say that you wouldn't you wouldn't just go around calling, you know, add adding ito to any Person or thing, but generally speaking, if there's that you add an ITO to something, it means it's a smaller, a smaller version.
1: Okay, of that thing. burrito is that is that donkey <laughs> little donkey? <laughs> well, the
0: word for the word for donkey is burro, and then burrito. But I've I've actually I don't actually know the background of that for sure. I've I've actually wondered that myself, but I, I've never. I, I've i never looked into it. So I don't need have to, to unload to
1: all my Spanish questions, my, my baggage, onto you because <laughs> I have a lot of questions. We did foster care for some time, and, okay. and a, one of our foster daughters spoke Spanish exclusively. And it was around Christmas time, and she was singing okay. that song about the donkey. Really catchy. Yes. Doo, 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 doo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and I thought she was singing about a burrito, like a, yeah. like the sandwich thing, you know, I'm yeah. like the rap. I'm like, yeah. And uh, she laughed and made fun of me and said, no, it's about a donkey. So you just yep. answered a question I've had for years. Thank yeah, that's,
0: that's a good, it's a good song. And it's a song about, um, yeah, it's basically the story of, of Mary and Joseph going to yes. Bethlehem from the perspective of the burrito from
1: the little donkey. So, yeah. Beautiful. Oh, I love it. My second question, maybe more, <laughs> more on topic here is, so you grew up in Puerto Rico. Can you tell me a little bit about now you're teaching Spanish here at Holland Christian. Yeah, yeah. How did the experiences you had growing up as a missionary kid in Puerto Rico, how yeah. do you feel like those experiences have equipped you or gifted you with particular abilities to be in this context now? Yeah, totally.
0: Well, yeah, I'd have to say that my parents, being missionaries and having been born in Puerto Rico, which I am proud of, um, and it's, it's something that I feel makes me unique along with my name, um, is that we moved, well, we moved when I was four. So it wasn't like I got to have the total experience of Puerto Rico with a mature you know, outlook on life yet. But that heritage you know, is, is part of my family. The Latino culture. Is definitely we have this interesting mix. I like to joke around that we have a little bit of Latino culture and Dutch culture, which are on totally <laughs> different ends of the spectrum on, on, yes. on certain things. And but just the, the outlook with my dad being a missionary, I think has definitely influenced me on wanting to to reach out to people, um, whether that's you know through an ev- evangelical perspective or I should say an, ev- an evangelism perspective. Or more so, just wanting to get to know people and let them let them know that you care about them mm. and their well-being. Um, but another big thing was my heritage, feeling like I you know I'm Puerto Rican, even though I'm but you know by blood 75% Dutch. I feel like that's a, the Latino part of me is a big part of me, and so I've always felt this underlying motivation that I need to learn Spanish, not because my parents you know had any they never were like you have to learn spanish they, i would definitely say they've they've encouraged it but there's never been any sort of forceful like this is something you're going to do whether you like it or not and because i've had that strong underlying motivation that's carried me through learning spanish in high school through college going abroad for for half the semester uh, for i mean for a semester in college and so even in moments where spanish was difficult or not the most fun thing in the world, it, it pushed me through that because I was like, I want to know Spanish because that's part of who I am, and so that's one thing that's led me to where, to where I am today. Um, the the other half maybe would be that it's made me open. You know, you every every Christian I'm sure feels this way, but that you want to be open to the Lord's calling to your life and where He might lead you, even if it's not necessarily like he's speaking to you. You know, I'm sure we'd all love to hear God's voice in our ears super Hmm. clearly Um, or just a sign blinking on the road that says, Jesus wants you to do this. (laughs) But we don't have that, right? What was I going to do with my life once I got to
1: college? Just a little question. Yeah, you know,
0: that you have to make when you're 18 or 19 years old. It was actually during a Bible study my freshman year, second semester, where I felt that peace. And it was like, you know, the Lord is calling me to be a Bible teacher. And I had always
1: said... You're coming for my job, Lito. Yeah. Better, better watch out here. You're coming for your rest. But <laughs> I, I,
0: I, had a, I had always said, I think I don't want a job that is going to require me to bring work home. So God was laughing mm-hmm. at me when I, when, I, when I said that. But so I ended up, you know, feeling called into education and specifically to become a Bible teacher. So that's what originally pulled me in to studying education. Unfortunately, the state does not recognize Bible as a certifiable major, so I had to flip-flop. So I flip-flopped Spanish to my major, and I made Bible education my minor. And I did that my remaining years, but that was a huge blessing, because making Spanish for my major uh, meant that I had to go abroad for a semester, which was the most incredible experience of my life. And I had some, some big, just big moments in my life down there that helped me to learn and grow as, as a person um, and obviously I, I learned a ton of Spanish and made some great relationships great friendships along the way and that eventually ended up to me coming to Holland Christian but this this position really popped up out of nowhere um, they needed somebody part time to do Spanish and so that was something that was great for me and now this year is year two and I am now full time I'm teaching at the middle school I'm teaching here at the high school I'm you know feeling super confident yeah I'm, I'm enjoying it and the middle school has been a great addition the high school like last year has been has been a lot of fun as well um but yeah that's that's really the pathway that i took like i i would not have guessed that i wanted to be a teacher i think i even was maybe even thinking about avoiding being a teacher because of you know I, th- I, I i yeah i had originally thought i didn't want to have work you know to do after work <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> and a true that's thing. that's that's the name of the game here is as as a teacher <laughs> For sure. and so the lord has def- definitely knows me and knows my gifts <laughs> better than
1: i do um, and he's using them well here So you're doing Spanish in the middle school, Lito. Yes. Enjoy the snow in a few months. Just kidding. That sounded meaner than I meant it to sound. We should build a little tunnel maybe to the middle (laughs) school. That that
0: would be nice. Yeah, a little heated tunnel. Yeah.
1: (laughs) Tell me a little bit about that. What is it about teaching middle middle school Spanish that you particularly enjoy?
0: Yeah, 100%.
1: So this year, now that I'm full-time,
0: I am divided about half and half between high school and the middle school. And I have to admit, I have a very, I have a very upbeat personality, but that, that extends into goofy. (laughs) I get, I like to, I don't know know what you're talking about. Have some fun, you know? Yeah. Yeah. You would have no idea what I'm talking about, Brian. Um, and so what happened is that in the middle school, I think I feel a little bit more freedom with Mm, the little kids to let the goofy side of me come out. And. It seems like they really enjoy that. I th- and we've had a ton of fun, not, not only have we been learning, but we've had a, a ton of fun doing it. And so an interesting thing was that I always thought, no, I did not want to be with the younger students. I, I, I wanted to be with students that were, you know, more mature, had more developed thoughts, that kind of thing. And that I thought I could, I thought I would, you know, have better relationships with my students who are more mature and that I would just get them better but as it's turned out the the middle school has been absolutely great for that mm-hmm. and it's let out a side of my personality you know that exists outside of school to come to the fore in as I'm teaching and so whether you know the way we teach we do a lot of storytelling in our spanish classes and so in that storytelling there's a lot of room for me to, to, to be goofy, to have fun, to be very um, emotive. And, and the kids have just had a, had a great time with that. And that, that I find life-giving hmm. because oh, totally. obviously as a teacher, I, I've made the comparison to others in the past that being a teacher in some ways is like being an entertainer, like a comedian or something like that. You, you feed off the energy of your students who totally, are your quote-unquote totally. audience – and you're the person who's having to engage with them, right? And so uh, an entertainer needs to engage the audience and they will feed off the energy of the audience and it, it goes both ways. And so uh, as teachers, we experience that as well. If if your kids aren't feeling engaged, then it's a lot harder to, to get through. Totally. And if you're yes, not engaged, yes. it's a lot harder for the students to get through. And so with the middle school, it has been so, so vibrant, so joy-filled, so upbeat and
1: fun so Lito, you mentioned you got into education with the intention of, of being a Bible teacher originally. Ex- let's explore that a little bit because even before we started recording, we were talking about teaching Bible and, and I could just see your excitement, your light, your eyes light up. What is it about the Bible and the God of the Bible that you just find so compelling? Yeah, so where that really first started to come out for
0: me, I think, was in high school. Um, growing up as a... The kid of a missionary, and also the grandson of a missionary. I I feel like that's in my blood. I feel like that's part of part of who I am, and part of part of our family. And that's you know I caught those genes. But um, in high school, through our study, we had a great great Bible teacher. um, Several of them, and in the study of Scripture, in the study of particular passages in particular contexts, you know, going way back and thinking about what did this mean to those people at that time and in the particular situation that they were in, um, to studying different genres of writing within Scripture, um, to he- you know, looking at Hebrew words and things like that, that was just something that grasped my attention, and I I, I abs- absolutely loved. Um, and one of our final projects, actually my my senior year in Bible, was to write a sermon. Hmm. And so I did that, and I had a great time delving into the passage I had chosen, and and trying to bring that to life for my audience. But in the attempt to bring the story to life for my audience in those studies. I also was giving myself life hmm. in, in that through studying who God is, um, who Jesus is for us, his love for us, and also just the scripture itself, um, I, I just absolutely loved that. And, and it was something that I thought I, I needed to pursue more, and I just wasn't sure necessarily how. Um, because I, I knew that I wasn't going to be a missionary myself, I, I didn't plan to travel the world like my my family has. But, um, like like Scripture says to lo- that we love the Lord with all of our heart, soul, and mind. It was it's particularly in that loving the Lord with all your mind that I I am given a lot of life, a lot of joy, and that's a huge part of my passion. Whereas some some people will have come to tears during worship at their church and, and moving songs. And I, you know, I'll have that too. For me, some of the things that move me to, to tears or to just really grasp how, how loving and how great and how holy our God is has been through studying Him, hmm. studying Scripture. And in college, you know, I delved into that wholeheartedly um uh, especially after feeling that calling to become a bible teacher and there were just moments i remember where i would be reading theologians or or reading scripture or analyses of scripture and just be absolutely flabbergasted with how literally awesome god is and and just how overcome just feeling overcome with how much He loves and cares for us, that for me has been, been a big thing. And so in learning what, they, what Scripture meant for people in a particular day and age, also then being able to impart to students what that means for us here and now, how do things that seem so ancient and dusty and old and that maybe don't, don't seem to apply to us, how, how much they, it really does, hmm. how much that means for us now and how Scripture is not just a, a history book or, or a group of lessons, but uh, a living, breathing word that we also then go out and, and share with others, hmm. not, and not only in what we say, but in, in what we do. Um, and let, letting that love of Christ in the ways that we experience it, flow out to those who don't know him. And even to those, and even within the school itself. I think, like you here, Brian, teaching Bible, you get the chance every day to talk about God in, in very obvious and explicit ways that you couldn't do, let's say in a public school or something like that. And you get to engage with who God is, what his love is for those students and be able to share that through your teaching, both in your content, but then also in how you care for your students. And so you get to do both at the same time. And so I think you've got a great job here doing that. You're well,
1: lucky. Lito, I'd say we can swap sometime, but nobody <laughs> wants me teaching Spanish. I don't think, <laughs> Mr. I Racito. could show you the ropes. Yeah, please, that would be great. Well, Lito, this has been a blast, man. I mean, you're somebody who've been with at school here for the last. Year and a half or so, and I, every time I see, you, I just think, "Man, that guy radiates joy," and I want to get to know him. And I didn't even Thank know you. the story of your name until today. Yeah. So now
0: you finally know me.
1: <laughs> now I finally know you, and I look forward to continuing to get to know you, my friend. Thanks yes. for coming on the show. Thanks for having me.